right at 11 o'clock so we can give everyone a few more minutes to join the live stream. Alrighty, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Friday Forum, everyone. Happy post St. Patrick's Day. Uh, hopefully, we didn't have too much green beer last night, and we are ready to hear a fabulous discussion today. I am Karen Smythe. I am the producer for the forum. Uh, this is show seventy-four. If you can believe that, it's insane. Seventy-four shows uh, since we started back in twenty twenty, and uh, I'm so proud of uh, all that we've been able to accomplish in this time. Uh, and for today's show, uh, whether you are new to the game or a seasoned professional, there is a common goal, and that is to find a job. And that's what we're talking about today. We've got great panelists who are all doing exciting things in this space. And even if you don't imagine yourself looking anytime soon, there are fellow communicators that are joining this conversation and um, feel free to leave some comments uh, in the chat. Um, whatever channel you are joining us on, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn, and uh, you can also share the stream with your friends on LinkedIn and Facebook and invite them to listen in. So, and also tell us where you are joining us from. We love to see that. We love to give shout outs to wherever you are across the country. We are uh, we like to say that uh, the PRSA Silicon Valley is, uh, or, or Silicon Valley is a state of mind with the PRSA Silicon Valley. Uh, we have members across, you know, the Pacific Northwest, the East Coast, uh, Southern California, and I feel like that kind of makes us a big deal. So uh, we are a member-based organization, offer or focused on uh, scholarships, professional development. And uh, 
improving your improving your skills at every level. So we have members that are new to the profession, and then we have lots of seasoned folks as well. So, and it's easy to become a member. Just you know, connect with us on LinkedIn. We can tell you how to do that. Uh, so this. And this conversation is all about you too. So we want to hear from you. So as this, as we go along, please, please, please add your questions. No questions are are silly. We want to hear from you, you know, and we want to hear from you if you've got some great advice as well. Put it in the chat. Uh, so I'm going to introduce our moderator today. Uh, she is uh, a senior account executive and of diversity, inclusion, and belonging specialist at Highwire PR. And she is a PRSA Silicon Valley board member. Uh, Jasmine is a justice advocate who is consistently identifying ways to create equi equitable opportunities for underserved communities. And she champions these efforts by being a leader of Highwire PR's diversity, inclusion, and belonging council. And she also uh, does a lot for diversity and inclusion in the PRSA uh, Silicon Valley. She is our diversity and inclusion chair. Uh, so Jasmine is also a PR professional driving communication strategy for healthcare and enterprise clients. So Jasmine Eusebio, I am teeing this off to you to allow, to welcome our great panelists and get this discussion going. Welcome. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for such a lovely intro. Um, I am so excited about today's conversation and to welcome everybody. Um, I want to kick it off with Chloe. Um, Chloe Bellangia is a San Francisco-based content creator and rising executive recruiter, passionate about leveraging media technology and communications to empower conversations on authenticity in our career paths. Prior to transitioning into recruiting, Chloe's career spanned from marketing, corporate communications, and brand strategy in the entrepreneurial and tech sectors. At the onset of the pandemic, Chloe launched and led an online community and podcast called The Passage Project, exploring themes related to life, work, and wellness for young professionals. Thank you so much, Chloe, for joining us today. Um, next up, we have... Charlene Gage, who is a senior manager of media strategy at Hotwire um, and, and is an experienced practitioner in corporate communications and media relations strategy, having worked with C-suite executives across a wide range of industries and size. Um, she has worked with CEOs and executives from startups and nonprofits to mid-sized companies and Fortune 500 global organizations. With a specialized focus on media strategy, she works to find the right voices to tell the right story in the right way to the right reporter in order to reach a wider audience. Um, and I also want to hype Charlene up because if you all did not know, she was recently named a rising PR star by Business Insider. So um, well done, Charlene. Super excited to have you here. Um, and last but not least, um, I want to welcome in the amazing Luther Jackson, who is a program manager at NovaWorks, a nonprofit federally chartered workforce development agency in Sunnyvale. Um, he is leading regional and national initiatives connecting diverse talent with pathways to quality careers, 
ongoing learning opportunities and economic security. I mean, how great is that? Um, Luther covered city and county government and business news as a reporter for the Detroit Free Press. Um, he also represented San, San Jose Mercury News workers as a union officer with the Newspaper Guild. Um, so thank you all for um, joining today's conversations. I mean, I think people are in for an amazing ride. All of you are just up to here with your qualifications. So really excited to have you here. Um, but I want to really dig in here. Um, I know that one of the reasons why we're having this conversation is that we are currently experiencing what some people are calling the great resignation. So we're seeing a lot of people because of the pandemic um, and just because things are changing within them, that they're looking for a new career or a new company to pursue. Um, and I first want to hear from Chloe because, I mean, as you know, I like to hype people up. And <laughs> Chloe um, recently went viral on TikTok for providing career advice to Gen Z and millennials. And through her success, um, she has launched a LinkedIn group, which has now um, gathered over 5,000 people who are looking for new jobs. So, Chloe, I'd first like to hear from you. What are you hearing from Gen Z and millennials? Um, what are some of the main drivers causing them to find a new job? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I, it, this is an honor. and I'm excited for this conversation. Um, from what I'm seeing um, across social media and on the LinkedIn community, it's a lot of blanket, vague cries for help, if I'm being completely honest. Um, especially in the remote world, I was um, lucky enough to have graduated college pre-pandemic, to have networked at an in-person career fair, to be in the office and be able to network face-to-face -face with people who worked around me. And that's exactly how I've landed where I have today. For people who are young and who have been in college now for several years in the pandemic, have graduated college in the pandemic, or have been laid off during the pandemic, it's a whole new world. It's a whole new way of trying to find a job and getting your face seen in front of the right people. So a lot of people that I'm talking with, they're young, they're hungry, they're smart. Um, and, and whether they're in college or not, or having graduated from you know, a major university or not, a lot of these people are really excited about their career, but they have no idea where to turn or how to set themselves up for success. So a lot of my content and what I'm passionate about and what I'm sure we'll discuss today is how do you do that? Um, what are the tools that you need um, to not only show up confidently, but also get your resume and your candidacy seen by the right people? Um, that's amazing. And I'm so glad that you're creating this space for um, people to find community and to have conversations about um, how to apply for jobs, how to find a new job and things like that. Um, Luther, I know that um, as part of your role, you're connecting with a lot of diverse talent. So I'd like to hear from your perspective. What are you hearing from diverse talent um, in terms of what's causing them to leave their current roles? Well, thank you, uh, Jasmine, and Chloe, appreciated your remarks. Well, let me start with a very obvious statement. Uh, the pandemic is a big deal. It's a huge disruptor, and it's really hard for us to assess when we're, we're being in the middle of it. So what we're seeing at NovaWorks are people are really unmoored from their past and routines. Um, 
And so, yes, it's the great resignation, but it's also kind of a great questioning. People are questioning everything. Is my commute worth it? Is that huge mortgage worth it? Was this the best career for me after all? And what's the best fit? And you mean I can work from Silicon Valley and live in North Carolina? So there's all these questions with a lot of things in flux, which I think, to Chloe's point, it makes job search more challenging and even less transparent. And so there's a big question out there, when will things return to normal? And I frankly can't remember what normal really looks like. Um, so I, I would say this, that in a chaotic world, and it's absolutely chaotic, and particularly for job search, one thing that workers need is great labor market intelligence. So I was a journalist, so I'll speak in journalist talk. Everyone needs to be great investigative reporters and really understand what's going on, understand on a daily basis how the world is changing, because there's nothing you can really rely on. You can't go to the past, you can't go to your parents or whatever and say, what was it like in job search? We're, we're in a new place. And I'm pleased to say that our organization, NovaWorks, has some help for folks. So look forward to getting into that. Yeah, and that's exactly right what you're saying, that right now it's so different with the pandemic, with a lot of companies being remote. Um, so I also want to know, um, since you two are in conversations with job seekers and Charlene, I'm sure you as well, what are some of the biggest pain points that you're hearing about from job seekers about the job searching process? Um, and how have these changed now, now that a lot of companies are going remote? I can jump in real quick. Um, not necessarily as a pain points as far as like looking for a job, but I think it's for folks who are, especially at that mid-level career of deciding if they want to be moving on to another place or looking for another job. I think a big catalyst is with the great resignation or great questioning, which I love Luther so much, is that they're getting exposure to the, the workplace that they've been in now in a pressure cooker situation, which is it's not the green fields and easiness. You're being able, they're seeing what their leaders and, and their company is like under pressure with turnover, with higher demand. And they're questioning as well, like who are the right leaders I want to be leaning with and having to navigate that and figure out too in this job searching area, understanding what is a front to try to bring new employees in and entice them versus what's actual, what's genuine, what's authentic. And that struggle with what are the right questions to ask? How do you determine what organizations align with the values that I care about as well? Yeah, Luther, Chloe, anything to add to Charlene's comments? I would chime in um, in in what I'm hearing, especially coming from that young professional perspective, is um, the loneliness is is almost a pandemic epidemic in and of itself. Um, I think, especially on the job hunt, when you are putting yourself out there over and over and over again, in your mind, doing everything right, and and either not hearing back, um, doing a lot of work and then being rejected, um, et cetera. I mean, everything from, from the silence to the rejection is, is devastating, especially to a young person who's at the onset of their career. Um, you know, these early years don't necessarily dictate what you do with your life, but they, they surely set you up for a certain level of success faster. And, um, to miss out on that opportunity is really devastating and can be really lonely, especially where you don't know when you don't know where to turn. You don't know what you're doing wrong. You don't know what you're doing right. 
Um, it's difficult to get feedback, especially from recruiters themselves who are crazy busy, busier than ever. You know, they don't have time to have in-depth conversations with candidates about why or why not they were chosen. So um, that's a problem that I'm trying to solve. And um, it's difficult. And there's a lot that goes into that. Um, but that's probably one thing that I'm seeing. Yeah, and I mean, that's so true. Like, even just the job searching process is can be really taxing for people. I have friends who they've been at it for like a year trying to find a new role. And like, they go in phases where they're applying, they get discouraged, they stop for a little while and then continue. Um, so it definitely is something that to anybody listening who's looking for a job, give yourself grace. Um, it's okay. Like, connect and see like is it do I need to revise my resume do I need to practice my interview skills and things like that so don't give up um, you will find your dream role um, soon enough and for those that are searching I wanted to see if any of y'all had any advice on some of the first few steps that people should take when they are looking for a new role for example are there any specific tools that they should be leveraging or even are there any questions that they should be asking themselves to determine if it is the right moment for them to maybe hop to another agency or maybe go in-house? Um, Luther, do you have anything to add here? Sure. Um, well, first of all, again, so the job market has never been what I would call transparent, and it's worse now. And, and I think things are accelerating, right, just for context. So we have changing technologies, new products happening faster and faster. So there are new skill requirements and people need new networks. So I'll start a series of shameless infomercials for my organization, NovaWorks. Um, for example, remote work, remote interviewing. Well, that's not something that's intuitive to folks. You need to learn that, you need to train it. It's one of the things we do. And at some point our URL will come up. Um, and this is what we do. We're training folks for this. We're discussing new techniques. And we treat job search as a science. A lot of folks say, oh, okay, well, I'll just look for a job. I know how to do that. No, you don't. Um, so I think an organization like us is pretty indispensable at this point. One of the things we've seen, and this will uh, reflect some of the things, Chloe, that you've talked about, in this remote world, we really have disrupted networks. I think that's the thing that's really been hurting. And people get jobs through networks. You don't get jobs through emailing your resume somewhere. You get jobs through networks. People are turning inside, so they're kind of cut off. Um, I lead a, a meetup group called a, a, a focused on apprenticeships. And first we thought with the pandemic, well, this is a good thing because we're on Zoom and we can we have more people showing up. We have people showing up for the East Coast. But one of the questions I'm asking is, where's the connection? Are people making those deep personal connections that really form networks? So I think that's critical. So I would say, generally speaking, that in this uh, in these times, everyone needs to be on their job search A game. Um, so the idea of if you think that, you know, staying up until four in the morning and responding to online job openings with no research, no connections, no intelligence, uh, that's not going to do it. You really have to take this seriously. And as I said, we have lots of tools to help with. That's amazing, Luther. And 
Charlene, um, from an agency perspective, um, what are some things that maybe somebody who is planning to apply for a job at Hotwire can do to prepare before they submit their application to make sure that they're putting their best foot forward? Yeah, I mean, I I think the research is so critical in understanding like the why are you applying to this agency, especially for those. I mean, I putting it in a context for those of us like media strategists and PR people, right? When we're pitching reporters, we talk so much about finding the right reporter, finding the right person. Why are you pitching them? What is the alignment? Why do they care? The same thing can be said for that job application. Applying to someplace like Hotwire, why are you going to apply to Hotwire versus Highwire? Understanding some of the differences and the values, how they work, what they work on, what they do, that's, that's going to be really key. And I, I think as well, that intelligence, as Luther says, like have those informational briefings. How do you build those networks? Do you know someone at that organization who can make that introduction for you? And I think that's something as well is one of the things that it's so important to have that network, especially at a time right now where everyone is hiring, everyone's looking for the right talent and there's it's highly competitive. These organizations are incentivizing their own employees, right? To bring in those referral bonuses of, hey, find someone, we'll hire them. That's how you that's how you're able to take advantage to applying to agencies and companies. Connect with the network that they're incentivized to now help you provide insights. How can they help you get hired too? And that helps so much more than going in cold turkey, trying to be like, hey, I'm trying to get a job here with like Chloe said, there's recruiters and people hiring. It's so hard to give that meaningful feedback to everybody who's applying. So being able to find that person in your corner in the organization, that can be a, a second feedback loop for you. I think that's so true. It's so important for people to do their research. And one thing that I often hear is to what you were alluding to, Charlene, is you need to PR yourself even when you are applying for roles because you want to land that role. And if you're not bringing your best foot forward, you're not doing the research, you're not going to stand out. Um, and Chloe, I see you nodding. I see you smiling. Um, do you have like anything else to add here on any unique things that people can do to really like set their best foot forward before even submitting their application? I love talking about this. So I'm just smiling ear to ear because I think, um, you know, I'm only bringing so many years of experience into this, but if there's anything that I've learned, step zero really sets you up for success far, far more importantly than step one through 10 of the job hunt. And what I mean by that is um, the work on yourself, the self-reflection, um, the health and well-being practices that you do in your day to day, um, taking care of your mental health. Um, doing the journaling, doing the meditation, doing the book reading and the podcast listening to really understand yourself. What do you really want? Who, who are you? What do you love about your past experiences? What do you not want to take with you into the job search and coming really informed about yourself? Um, in addition to coming informed about, um, the company, the role, the industry, the team, et cetera. Um, so a lot of people that I, I meet with, you know, they say they've been applying to hundreds of companies. Um, and then I ask them, you know, well, what do you really want to do? And, and they don't know how to answer that question. And inevitably, when you're in an interview, somebody's going to ask you that, you know, why are we talking? What are you looking for your career goals? And if you don't have an answer to that, um, and in addition, if you're not showing up, as we said, um, as your best self, both healthy and mindful um, all, all of those efforts are probably not going to be as impactful as you want them to be. So, um, that's, 
that's probably my advice. That's such great advice. And um, Luther, something that stood out to me that Chloe mentioned was um, having being prepared to talk about your why, like why is it that you want to pursue this job or this career at this moment? Um, I'm wondering if at Nova Works, do you provide like any support on how or tips on how people can answer some of these questions in an authentic way? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so we have we offer, I would say, kind of a bachelor's degree. I'm being uh, not being literal here, but kind of a bachelor's degree in career navigation. It's that serious. And you need a job search plan. So that's the thing. And that's what, that's what we offer. And there's really four steps to our job search plan. One is focus, like Chloe, to your point, it's about kind of personal focus, resume and application, job search and networking, and then interviewing and negotiation. And I think that point about self-awareness is so critical. I mean, that's some of the things. We did some extensive research about folks who are successful in their careers. This was in tech. And self-awareness was, was foundational. So who am I? What do I like? What are my skills? How do I talk about my skills? And this idea of career discernment, right? So through what job is a good fit for me? Because what one of the couple of things you need in this in this era now, you need incredible energy for networking and you need energy for interviewing, right? Well, that comes from the foundation for the energy is your fit. So this is, if I see a job that this is what I was meant to do, you're going to be nonstop in the interview. You're going to be enthusiastic. You're not going to be intimidated by it. And so all that self-work really is important. And at Nova Works, that's one of the things we work with. Another thing that I think is critical is these informational interviews, which I just love. I mean, they're the informational interviews are the best. And the classic story is, someone coming in who say, you know what, you go into a company, I'm not looking for a job today, not looking for a job, but I just want his information. I'm really impressed with the work that you and the company have done. I mean, you folks are awesome. I want to learn from you, right? And that's what you're doing. And you are playing to the individual's ego. And then, and then what, what happens after that is often that person will say, well, you know what, we have an opening. And actually, that's how I got my job here at NoForks, where I was going in, just talking to the director, saying, I have a great idea for you. And she said, boy, this looks really good. Did you, do you know we happen to have an opening? So it's really about how to get out there, I think, is really, is really critical. Um, let me just tell a little story about this is like a superstar of this sort of work. So there's a young man, it's a true story, a young man, it's first day shows up for, he's got like a software development job. So the escort comes down to show the young man in and show him around. Escort immediately notices that something odd is going on. There's something unusual because this young man on his first day of work seems to know everyone, knows the security guard, knows the janitor, knows the people in the cafe, knows other software developers. How is this possible? Because he had showed up at the company multiple times before. He had met people through LinkedIn. He'd showed up to the company many times, but then for countless coffees and everything else. So he knew the company. He knew this was the right place for him. He knew it was a great fit. And so everything was very comfortable. 
Now, not everyone can do that. And I understand that that person clearly an extrovert and introverts like me, we need to be able to do this too. But it's an example of what, of an outcome of what this can look like, that you have it down cold, you're not guessing. So I think that's something that people can kind of, kind of think about. Yeah, that's so important, Luther. And I like that you mentioned the power of informational interviews. We did have a previous um, conversation on that, but I would like to hear from this group, Charlene, working at an agency. Um, I'm sure you've been there for a few years at Hotwire. I'm sure you've had students, PR students, reaching out to you, asking questions or anything like that. Um, I'm curious if you have either any stories or just advice on how people can connect either with you or other people working at their dream agencies and how people can effectively set up informational interviews in a genuine way. Yeah, I mean, I'd say I the I focus, I a lot of the people I speak with are mid-level, maybe even like some of those junior folks, not necessarily fresh out of um, the college piece, but LinkedIn is is the go-to tool for for me and I, I've seen for the people I've connected with. And especially those that are, are choosing to connect with me as well as taking advantage of that, the lowest tier LinkedIn premium, right? I think it's like the HR $30 a month and being able to send those notes and whether it's commenting on posts that you've seen, um, emailing about an article of a client that, you, that they've seen like, hey, this is some really interesting work. Well, most recently I've connected with someone, we had a new position at Hotwire I'm at a manager level and connected with someone who ended up finding me via our college alumni network and said, hey, we both went to the same university. I'd love to connect. I saw this job. I'm curious about it. I would love your take um, on what's going on in the organization and just setting something up up in that sense. Um, it's like Luther said, I think a lot of people love to talk about what they do. Um, they love to talk about themselves. And so setting that up of saying, hey, I just want to hear what you have to say about yourself, because a lot of these people are working so hard at the agencies that they're at, they want to talk about what they're doing. Um, and they aren't necessarily always presented as much with that opportunity. And so being able to find even the smallest connection on LinkedIn, that's been some ways that people are, are finding ways to email me. I'll find some people that I think are really interesting. I think about, I follow a lot of the companies that I'm curious about. I find people in positions I eventually want to be in, follow them, engage with them, and eventually building up um, that kind of network. Same thing that we, again, I keep talking about pitching yourself, right? Same thing with journalists on social media. You like, you comment, and eventually they, they get used to your name and they want to talk to you. That is so important, Charlene. And it reminds me, um, I met Charlene because when I was a student, I went to an agency tour at Hotwire and I've just continued to have that connection on LinkedIn. And here we are today, um, years later. Um, but I also want to hear from you, Chloe. I know that you've done a lot of videos on TikTok, um, providing Gen Z folks with um, just advice on how to use LinkedIn and um, to make those connections and those introductions. So I'm curious if you can provide some of the feedback and tips that you've given them. Yeah, um, I love LinkedIn and I have been a diehard LinkedIn fan for several years. Um, I think it's my favorite social media because um, more so than than any other social media, you know, rightfully so. Um, LinkedIn is an opportunity for you to share absolutely everything you can about what you have done in your career. 
Um, and it's a one-stop shop for somebody to learn all about your career experiences. And if you're not leaning into all of the available resources on that platform, you're doing yourself a disservice. So, I mean, the most common um, misses that I see from people are not having a well-built headline or subject line on on their um, profile. So they'll just say, you know, their current role or um, or they'll leave it blank sometimes. And and um, I would I've always encouraged people to build that out with um, keywords or industry jargon that's relevant to where you're trying to go so that you stand out to those people as you connect with them. Um, the about section, that, that summary bio at the top of your profile. So many folks I know just say one sentence about this is what I'm doing. I have three paragraphs, bullet points, links. <laughs> I have so much built out in there. And that's how I've landed several jobs is having the right keywords in that section, um, showing that I know my story. I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. If you want to learn more about me, here are other resources to do so. Um, so I encourage people to do that. Um, and then um, on the LinkedIn premium note, um, I have premium. I think it's wonderful and I recommend it, obviously. Um, but for folks who who can't pay for it or who don't don't have it, don't want it, um, I find that sending a connection request and, and including a very sharp, impactful note in that request can take you pretty far as well. Um, that's how I, I was connected to somebody at my last company, um, which inevitably led me to, to getting a role there. So um, that's kind of just a quick, easy few tips for for maximizing LinkedIn. <laughs> One thing I want to add to Jasmine, I love like I think we while we're talking about so much of LinkedIn, like yeah, same quote, obsessed with LinkedIn, obsessed. I know that there's <laughs> about using connections for those warm introductions too. I know right now it's immediately talking how can you use LinkedIn and these tips and advice to get jobs right now. But I think if you're always in that mindset of hey, I want to find what the next position is, like always networking, always connecting. And I love that you mentioned, Jasmine, right? that connection we had from an agency tour. I have someone I had a connection with, which I interviewed years ago at my last agency. We weren't able to, we didn't, the agency didn't end up hiring her. I loved how she came in. She came with a portfolio, I was super impressed. Immediately we were able to connect on LinkedIn. And from that was able to stay connected, giving and mentoring and providing some advice, some interviews and, and connections. So thinking through, yeah, there's the job search you have right now, or maybe you're not even immediately searching for a job, but how are you connecting even in your interviews today that can then help you some years down that are able to then be impressed by what you did right now. It wasn't a fit, but a couple of years from now, they're going to move somewhere else, or maybe they have another opening position being able to take advantage of that too. So a lot of that LinkedIn connection building is in immediate for your job search, but even the job search that you don't know that you're searching for just yet. Exactly. No, that's so amazing. And I think that's why it's important for everyone to have an active LinkedIn, especially if you are connecting with people who you may want to tap for a job, maybe not now, but in a few months or a few years if they never even see you on their LinkedIn feed, they're not going to, you're not going to be top of mind, but if they're like, Oh, I always see Jasmine, like sharing these articles that she's securing for her clients or this and that you're going to be top of mind. So I think from like a PR perspective, definitely like share your wins. Um, when you're being recognized by your company post about that, like LinkedIn is where you want to do that. Like Charlene, when she won that business insider, um, recognition for rising PR star. Um, if it wasn't for her sharing that, I don't know if I would have known that. So continuing to um, PR yourself and talk about yourself and your qualifications. 
um, is super important. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, I know, Chloe, you mentioned this in the beginning of the call, but the job searching can be a very long process. Um, it's possible that you'll apply for a role and you might not hear back for a few weeks or even a few months. Um, I'm just curious from anybody on this call, if there are any tips or even things that you've seen um, people do to really stand out when they're reaching out to you to either follow up. Um, and then also just what are some tips um, for people who, to your point, Chloe, like you're applying to a million jobs. What can you do to stay organized and keep track of all the roles you're applying for? So if a recruiter reaches out, you're not like, wait, I don't remember applying for this role. This feels like one for Luther. <laughs> I'll start. Um, well, a couple of things. Let me just go back to LinkedIn because we're, we're huge fans here. We have like three <laughs> LinkedIn classes. We should hand out a LinkedIn certificate or something for our work here. Um, I think it's a really great tool for building your personal brand. And so that's the key to, to Jasmine, the question you just raised. And I'm on a little personal experiment now. I'm not planning to go anywhere, but um, I'm just trying to be known as trying to build a brand of being an expert in my field. A connector is really important and really being a good colleague, someone who will share jobs. I share a lot of job postings. I encourage people and everything else. I'm just trying to get a sense of how that works, right? How the network kind of takes that in. So that's that's something I'm looking to do. Um, as far as standing out is concerned, I think, again, having a strong personal brand is important. I wanted to recognize Judith Cushman's uh, note in the chat. Um, you know, the idea about your brand and that you aren't your job title, I think, is so absolutely critical. Um, one of the things is I know as a journalist that I think that journalists have superpowers. And one is that we we communicate, communicate clearly, concisely. And one thing that we don't see a lot of these days is good grammar. Right. We can do all that stuff. Importantly, we're also very good at framing issues. So if you think of what a journalist does, they're taking in, you know, thousands of pieces of data every day, right, and trying to figure out what's the context, what's important, what do people need to hear, what's really compelling, right? Those are issues that I haven't been a journalist for decades, but those are issues I still carry with me. I'm always, I'm always good at framing issues. And so as far as, Judith, to your point, as far as what I would call myself, it wouldn't be a title. It would be, I'm a storyteller. That's what I am. I'm a storyteller and everyone needs storytelling. Every job needs that. So I think that that's, that's really critical to keep in mind. Um, and again, just do your research, right? And, and when you're in a, when you're in an interview process, Obviously, again, you could use, I would use my journalism skills to tell the right type of story, to understand my audience, what they want to hear, what the company needs, and go from there. And finally, I think it's important, and this is a challenge for folks starting out in the career, is to be able to, one of the things we've heard from employers is, show me, don't tell me. Show me how, don't tell me about your degrees and your GPA and everything else. Show me how you have helped an employer solve a problem. That's why I'm hiring you. 
So one of the things I think that, that folks need, and this is for educators out there, that's really important. If you could provide your students with real world capstone projects where they can come away with, they can start building a digital portfolio where people can look to and say, okay, this is what I've done. I'm not just all about talk. I've actually understood, um, I've actually, actually understood the, the company's problems and I've helped address those issues. Yeah, and Chloe and Charlene, it looks like some of what Luther is saying is resonating with you. Um, is there something that you wanted to add here? Yeah, I would say, I think the show me, oh, sorry, the show me, don't tell me, like that thing I think is, is so important. Like I, I think about it too, of when you think about even, I mean, mid-level folks as well, and, and more specifically the show me part, like into the to part of your question, Jasmine, of how do you follow up with people? How do you stand out? How, especially when the, the time's dragging on, I think one of the things, right, you, you read articles online about tips for how to stand out in our interview is send a thank you now. And I think that's one of the things that sometimes gets lost as well, though, because so often people will just send an email like, hi, thanks so much for your time. It was great and appreciated. Cool. I think at this point, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people send me those notes and it's, yeah, okay, it was another meeting for me. You're welcome for the meeting, I suppose. But the differences of those who stand out versus those who don't is the show me part. So it's more than just, hey, thanks for the time that you just spent an hour interviewing me. It's, hey, thanks for the time. I was thinking about what we were discussing and here's the follow on or an ad one additional thought or nugget or something additional that I that I thought of, like, because in that interview, right, we talk, you hear so much that interview is for them to judge you, but it's also for you to judge them. And you're really searching and trying to hear what are their pain points? What are their challenges? Go back, think about and digest what did you just hear? And what is a phrase or a nugget or an observation or insight of saying, hey, See, I'm thinking about you guys. This is just one nugget of how I could how I could provide for you. That's something I think is especially a useful talent, especially for those looking at those mid-level to shift and move because you're already showing that value. And I think it can sometimes get lost of that idea of like, I'm not getting paid. I'm not going to do work for free. You're not selling everything. You're not coming up with a full campaign plan, but you're providing one insightful insightful view for them to be able to take a look at, hey, this is what you're going to get if you hire me too. Yeah, and Chloe, um, it looks like what Charlene was saying also resonated. And I'm hoping if you can answer um, Karen's question here of how can people follow up um, without being pushy or feeling like they're being pushy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I have so many thoughts running through my brain that there's so much I want to share. But to that specific question, um, one thing that I found really valuable is is that nature of um, following and keeping a pulse on what somebody is doing. So even if you're not connected on a platform like LinkedIn, you can still follow somebody, you can still follow a job, uh, a company, you can join industry groups and boards, you can find content creators like myself on TikTok and other social media platforms who are talking about open resources and, and tips and tricks for navigating the job search that you were specifically in. Um, so one metaphor that I really love and continue to come back to is you can't steer a parked car. Um, and there's lots of different metaphors like that. But um, the momentum, I think, um, going back to what Luther was saying about energy, keeping that up, I think will take you really far, especially in the persistence um, of, of the job search. So feeling like you're constantly doing something um, learning new things, 
Um, liking and commenting on the posts that are interesting to you might be a good way of, of following up without feeling pushy. Um, and reading the room, but knowing, you know, I, I see nothing wrong with sending a follow-up email, whether it's a, a week or, you know, seven to 10 days, if you haven't heard back from somebody, um, trying to connect with a colleague or, or, or another connection who might be able to, to get your foot in the door. Um, there are ways to, to be friendly and to be authentic and to be genuine as you try and connect with people without saying, you know, I really need a job. Please talk to me. Um, I think there, there are friendly ways of doing it. That is so true. And I like your comment about continuing the momentum. It reminded me of a candidate who applied to a digital role at Highwire. And um, after her interview, I guess during the interview, they had discussed how Highwire was working on some social copy for an event we were hosting. Um, and she took the initiative. She followed up and said, hey, I created these mock-up designs with some suggested social copy. And that really stood out because we had never seen that. Like, cause it showed her if she worked at Highwire, this is exactly the, the type of social copy she can produce, um, the graphics. And it was just amazing. She went above and beyond. So I think anything that you can do to add more than just, thank you so much for your time will really make you stand out. Um, are there any examples that you'll have of maybe one thing that really stands out to you of how somebody stood out to you in the follow-up email? I say that there was one of, as we were talking about the challenges and, and desire to up-level folks' knowledge of like, how do you crack the top type of business publications? And, and we're talk, focusing on the Wall Street Journal and being able to get some thoughts back on some, granted, there wasn't a ton of information in there of saying, here's the client, here's the challenge, here's where, here's where we're targeting. But flagging over some interesting articles as far as like, hey, there's some movements in the newsroom, like this might be showing a little bit of how the publication is going to be shifting how they're covering this type of news and being able to connect those dots. That's been, that was really great to see in, in that kind of viewpoint. Um, and I think and I want to put the little not note of, I know Luther um, Luther and, and Chloe have their examples too, but as you're talking about that too, that, that what this looks like of responding back, it goes back though too, right? That job searching is so taxing and overwhelming. And that idea of being able to, I, I don't think I would want to say, at least from my perspective, this isn't something you do for every single job that you're doing. I think you really are really selective. You take a look at, all right, I'm applying to 10 jobs two are like, oh my God, I want to land this. And so you're spending that extra time. It's like, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to spend 30 minutes, an hour developing something for them after to really stand out. This is definitely not a something you're going to do for, I mean, I'm in a position where I'm applying to 10, 20, 50 jobs. That's, oh my God, that would be above and beyond. But being really selective on how are you going to bring your 110% A game for certain interviews too. Exactly. I love that. I think there's an attitude issue. Um, again, it starts with knowing yourself and knowing position and knowing this is right. And so I think it's okay not to be embarrassed about, oh, my goodness, am I being too pushy, but to be kind of bold and see yourself as a colleague and part of the network. And that's what the LinkedIn kind of commenting and building your brand gets you started with. I belong here. I have something to say. And, and your company needs to hear from me. So I, that attitude, I think, is really critical that I can I can like you, you need me. I need you. We're, we're very comfortable and act 
as if, right, that, that, that you're ready to go. So I think that that's, that's really critical, the attitude piece. No, that's totally amazing. And um, kind of as we're getting ready to wrap up here, I have this question for Luther and Chloe, Charlene, feel free to jump in if you have any additional thoughts here. But Luther, I've been hearing a lot that it's commonly advised that the best time to look for a job is when you already have a job because you're not coming from a place of like, I'll take anything, but you're being more selective. Um, I'm wondering if you have any advice for people who are job searching and they might be working a nine to five or they might be a student who's going to school full time. Um, how can people ethically balance their work and or school priorities while making time for job interviews or to prepare their materials before the interview? Great question. I want to break up the kind of the, you know, the dichotomy, either you're, you're working or you're job searching, right? And I want to say that you're always looking. That's the attitude. You're always looking. This is part of your routine. Never stop networking. So that avoids that break. So a tale of, of two resumes I saw, both PhDs, um, one in physics, one computer science, both with software experience. Both individuals have been out of work for months. So clearly they had some technical skills and right, and they had some experience, but they had not done any networking and had not been out in the field. And so you really need to be, you really need to be networking constantly. And there are programs, again, I'm an introvert, so this is, doesn't come natural, but it's essential, it's an imperative. There, there, there's some great work. I think there's a great video out there called Networking for Introverts. So if you're an introvert, figure out because you need to do this. Um, and it, so the network, the constant networking prepares you for job seeking without a, a big shift. So you go out for lunch every day. Well, you know, your lunch can be an informational interview. So it, it, it can flow naturally and it should flow naturally. That not that because unfortunately we have had some customers who once they get the job, they say, oh, phew, now I don't have to do that networking stuff anymore. No, 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 no. Constant. I mean, it just, it should be part of the flow. And then I don't think you get into that thing of, oh, I'm looking for a job. Well, you're always looking. You're always searching. You're always learning, right? You're a lifelong learner. So it should be, I think that's the way to look at that. That's a great point. And I know um, Chloe had alluded to this as well with how she landed her role was because, um, you know, somebody reached out to her, her last job led to another job. And I think that's how it should be and how a lot of people are finding success is continuing to have those connections via LinkedIn. Because for a lot of people that move, especially as you get more senior, they're not even having to apply for roles. Like people are reaching out to you. So it's saving you all of this time of having to create a spreadsheet to list out the 50 jobs you apply to and all of that. So I think that just underscores the power and value of like fostering and maintaining um, your network. But Charlene, Chloe, anything else to add here? I think one thing I've learned, um, and this could be, I don't know the right way to say this, but um, you never know who's watching. You really, you really never know who is keeping a pulse on you. Um, I've had past mentors and managers who I worked with five years ago when I was in high school or early college. 
um, who have reached back out saying, you know, I'm working on a new project. Can we get coffee? Or, you know, I've moved into this role. Let me know if you have friends in your network who want to work under me. Um, it's this consistent, if it's, if it's a genuine relationship, which I encourage you to build, um, that they'll last, you know, it, it won't be a one and done kind of, um, coffee chat and, and that's it. So, um, you never know who's, who's watching you just like you should continue to keep a pulse on your network as well. Yeah. And I would, I would add in, I mean, I think being in the trenches, especially I think felt it a lot more early on in my career before, as like Chloe said, you get up to a certain level, people are more coming to you, but early on, especially, I think it's learning that time management, which I know at the agency life, that's such an important skill that's developed at the entry level ACE associate level. Um, but if you're looking for a job while you have your nine to five, you get real good <laughs> at managing your time. And you realize, hey, in California, I have two 15 minute breaks, at least a 30 minute break. How am I using this time strategically? And essentially, if you really are serious about looking and finding another job, then while having the job you have, you essentially then have those two jobs. And I think it's one that hopefully has gotten a little bit easier to balance and being able to take advantage of, all right, I'm working from home. Maybe I can, there's a little bit of wiggle room versus having to also figure out the challenges of, okay, I'm taking lunch, but I'm in the office and I'm going to go do my interview while I'm in the office. How do I manage and, and balance all those pieces? But the the time management piece as you hold that full-time job and you're looking for a new job gets, is that that critical importance of being able to have those boundaries. I'm, I leave work at five. Like I'm not, I'm no longer staying extra. I'm going to, cause I have stuff I need to do to further develop my own self. Yeah, and I think that's so important and it kind of touches on some of what we've talked about of you also, as your job searching, need to keep center yourself, make sure you're paying attention to your mental health. You're not doing too much too soon. You're not getting burnt out. You're not letting this impact your mood or anything like that. Or even if you do have a job, don't let that impact the work that you're already doing in your current role because you might want to use those people for references in the future. So making sure that you're continuing to do quality work even on your last day. Um, and I also wanted to highlight this comment um, from Logan who shared an example of going above and beyond for a brand that you want to work for. So definitely recommend um, anybody listening to check that out. Um, well, I want to thank you all for joining today's call. And I want to end with a quick lightning round to talk about, you know, three, the top three pieces of advice that you have for people who are currently job searching, any do's and don'ts, um, or anything like that, Luther. So do's, do research, do network. Do come to NovaWorks if you need help, NovaWorks.org. And there are other agencies like ours around the country, really important. Um, the only don't I would have is don't give up. Keep, keep moving forward. Amazing. So inspirational, Luther. Um, Chloe. Um, I think I have a book recommendation um, for your listeners. Um, Designing Your Life it was written by two Stanford professors. Um, not that we can necessarily design our lives, but um, I found that book extremely helpful over my past job experiences um, in our conversation on kind of knowing yourself and self-awareness. I think there's a lot of really great prompts and exercises in that book. So that's one piece of advice. Um, another one for my young people out there, if you are applying to jobs and you feel like 
you don't have any experience to bring to the table to land a job to give you experience. I, I hear that all the time. Um, create it. Um, I've created organizations on college campuses just so I could lead them. Um, I pitched myself to startups that didn't have internships and I landed internships that way. Um, I started a podcast, an online community during the pandemic, and that's how I got a job in brand strategy. Um, you, you are the driver of your career um, and don't let anybody tell you differently. Um, and then I, I'm just going to second Luther. Uh, don't quit. Uh, keep going. Uh, the world needs what you got. So um, keep doing the work. Take care of yourself. Um, and the right thing is, is headed your way. That is so true, Chloe. Um, Charlene. Yeah, I would say connect with those working in the companies and the positions you want um, and build your network. Um, also take advantage of what we just went through the whole pandemic. A lot of companies have released training programs. And so especially for those at that mid-level looking to change jobs, change career paths, like there's resources out there as well to, sh- to give a little extra guidance and insights. For example, self-promotion for Hotwire. Hotwire has has rolled out a Hotwire into tech to help those within communications transition into how do I get a job in tech PR and understand what's going on in tech. And that's hwindotech.com. But those there's so many resources out there like Google, Salesforce have also put out their own stuff. Um, and then also just it's understand your why. What why are you wanting this job at this company? Why you? Why should it be you that goes into that job and and then believe it um, and really know what your value is, what you bring to the table, and help them understand and see it too. Uh, I feel like I'm so happy and I feel like so fulfilled. So I hope people are writing notes um, and reaching out to Charlene if you want a job at Hotwire. Um, but with these last quick minutes, I do want to give you all an opportunity to plug any open roles that you have or any social channels that you want people to connect with you on. Um, Charlene, anything at Hotwire that anybody here can apply to next week? Yeah, Yeah. Um, I'd say definitely top of mind are account manager positions, senior account manager positions. Um, We work a lot with tech companies, B2B tech, um, B2C. So that's definitely the, the biggest part. Um, research and insight manager is a new role we have. Interns, um, a global VP of HR. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of whole spectrum of of jobs we have going on at Hotwire. Well, it sounds like Hotwire is a place to be. So if anybody wants a job, make sure that you follow Charlene, engage with her content. Um, <laughs> Chloe, anything you want to plug? Your LinkedIn group, TikTok. How can people connect with you? All of the above. Yeah. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, as you mentioned in the beginning, I'm an incoming executive recruiter. So all of you VP and above, um, let's stay connected. Maybe I can put you in the right position one day. Um, I started a LinkedIn community or group um, called Young Professional Career Connects. Um, like we mentioned earlier, 5,000 members and counting. So if you have open roles, join and, and talk about them. If you're looking for a job, join and, and connect with other job hunters. Um, follow me on social media. All my handles are at Chloe Belangia. Um, TikTok and Instagram is where I mostly am. Um, and then the Passages Project, as I have mentioned in my title, is that online community and podcast that I mentioned earlier. You can search the Passages Project anywhere you listen to podcasts and hear over 50 in-depth conversations with young professionals about their career. Um, and yeah, I hope, hope that's helpful. Amazing. Um, Luther? I, I come to think of it, we do have a jo- couple of job openings at, at NovaWorks, not in communications, but we are always looking for talent. But 
I, most essentially, we're connectors. So we are connecting employers who are looking for talent with, with really great talent looking for opportunity. So we have a job board at NovaWorks.org. Um, please follow me, and you can follow up with me at uh, Luther Jackson at, at, uh, on LinkedIn. And, um, yeah, I look forward to continuing the conversation. And we have a network now, so let's go build our network. Yay. Well, thank you so much to all of you for joining us today. Um, this was such a great conversation. We're already seeing some love in the chat. Um, and I'll turn it over to Karen to talk about, about what's coming up for PRSA Silicon Valley. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Thank you, Charlene. Thank you, Chloe and Luther. I have just loved every minute of this of today's Friday Forum. So much about being confident, finding your why, and getting to that job you love. So important. Um, so next week, we're at, Friday Forum is actually kind of a Thursday forum. Um, we're joining up with uh, the PRSA Puget, Puget Sound chapter uh, for a fireside chat with uh, the Chief Communications Officer for Aerial Investments. And we're going to be talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion programs and rolling those out and what are some of the considerations that you need to uh, take on. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope that you will have all the information on our PRSA Silicon Valley LinkedIn page. And uh, so you can find out how to register. Um, we've also got some great shows in April coming up. So we're, I think, our first show in April. Um, we'll, again, we'll start promoting this uh, pretty soon, but it uh, will be our 75th Friday Forum. How did we get here? So anyway, thank you so much, everybody out there for joining us today. And uh, thank you again to Jasmine and our great panelists for all this incredible information. Have a great afternoon and weekend, everyone. Bye.